This is the On Call Podcast. Your home for sports, news, pop culture, tech, and the obscure. And of course, your host, Michael Meyer. All right. Hey, everybody. Hitting you up with a kind of random episode here on a, a fine Wednesday evening. And I'm actually uh, joined with someone I met through Reddit and Twitter, which it's hard, it's hard to beat the, the, the friendships that other people make through the uh, online community these days. And uh, that's Lowell. So say hello to everybody, Lowell. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and a dog joined. Yep, that's Ender. Oh, look at how relaxed that one is. Oh, yeah, she's passed out. My dog There's came another in. one uh, off camera. Mine came in and oh, immediately left. Mine is not a big, cute, fluffy dog like you're, or, uh, you know, a big lug of a dog. Mine is a six-pound Italian greyhound who is full of piss and vinegar for like four minutes a day. And the rest of it is burrowed underneath a pillow and a blanket. Wait, they don't six pounds. Yeah, Italian greyhound. So imagine the the dog the dog the greyhound racing miniature, super super tiny. Oh my god, that's smaller than a cat, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. She was the runt of the litter. She was supposed to be fourteen pounds. Ended up six. Oh wow. All yeah, I think bones. I think Ender's about sixty pounds. How old is he? He's adorable. Just so relaxed. Well, this, this one's a girl, actually. I just named her with a boy's name. And then there's another one over there. That's He's sleeping. That's Toby. But they're the same breed. They're uh, black mouth curs. But yeah, she's about uh, eight or nine, and he's about five or six. Oh, eight or nine. How, how old do they live? Uh, To be about 14, I think. Oh. Yeah, the small dogs live longer, but uh, I guess this breed lives lives pretty long. So we started talking a little bit earlier and we were discussing beers and you're obviously more of a man than I with yours because I'm drinking from a pink koozie. I don't know about more of a man, more of an alcoholic maybe, but yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking a blue moon light sky, but what are you drinking? Uh, I got a Scofflaw basement IPA. It's a brewery out here in Atlanta. All right. So the other thing that I'm drinking, which is why I had to delay the initiation, was I am probably more of an alcoholic because I have my own keg. I have a kegerator with two taps. I'm drinking Isla Mirada citrus wheat ale, which still less than yours for uh, alcohol. But mine's ice cold tap beer with a pressurized O2 tank and all that good stuff. Oh, man, that's awesome. I, I wanted to get into brewing my own beer for a while. My neighbor does it, um, and so I sat in on it for a little while. It's really cool. I'd love to do that. It is super easy to mess up brewing your own beer. Yeah, do you do, the, like, the – he had, like, a gas, uh, like, a propane heating system outside, and he was, like, stirring it and stuff like that? Is that how you do it, too? So I had to stop doing it because – Failure at sterilization of the, the vats that we poured it into. So while you're letting the yeast grow and blossom and get all your good flavors, 
if you don't have it properly sterilized beforehand, everything that you pour into that poorly sterilized bottle ends up developing into a disgusting vat. So, like, making the beer and everything was fine. Storage was my biggest issue. After it was finished, like, done being made? Part of the fermentation period of, like, letting it wait for the couple of days before it started to develop the aftertaste was when I ran into issues. Mixing the stuff was fine. It was all the cleaning process of storage. So it would have tasted... Yeah, just imagine that it has, your vat has the coronavirus and you got to clean it. Exactly. It just, it <laughs> just grew and developed into stronger, the, uh, how many, how many times it can adapt and change. That's the gross stuff I drank. Did you, you still take, you still drank it? You got a little funky? Uh, I drank a full glass and <laughs> by the end of it, I felt worse than the start and that's how you know it's not a good beer. <laughs> Yeah, I'm super into IPAs. Like that's pretty much all I drink exclusively. So okay, so you're not a big, uh, you're not big into the mass stuff. What's what's the worst beer you ever had? Is it an independent like up by you? Oh, the worst beer I ever had. Oh man. Oh. Did temperature oh, change know. how you drink know. it? What's up? The 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 temperature of the beer change because like. The harshest beer I ever had was really just Rogue Dead Guy Ale. But yeah, that was not very good, right? It's yeah, not. that's like when I first started drinking. They had that at the grocery store, so I tried that one, and I wasn't a big fan. Yeah, not a fan. It was one of their early ones, and it wasn't It wasn't the worst thing you drank to start drinking, as long as it was ice cold. But as, as the beer warmed in your hand, it really got... Sour, which is not my favorite taste for a beer at all. Yeah, I'm not into sours either. Are you more of a hoppy wheat taste? Yeah, I like the hoppy bitter beers. And then uh, I'm, I'm like really into the ABV because I like to know like how drunk I'm getting. So <laughs> I uh, I track that. But yeah, I typically like higher gravity um, IPAs. I feel like I'm probably not their target demographic because I'm a gulper. Like I kind of, oh, yeah. as oh. soon as I sip one, I was like, I need another sip. As soon as that sip is down and hits the, the table, I'm like, all right, well, it's been a second. So like <laughs> it works for me to drink the, the, the bitchy white claws and stuff like that. It's like 5%. Okay. I know I'm not going to get hammered and I can drink. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the way to go because yeah. Like, um, if I, I don't think even think I could get like too wasted off white claws. That's it. That's my goal. I'm drinking socially. I'm not trying to yeah. puke in the toilet. <laughs> or in the right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, I totally agree. hundred percent. Drinking something as strong as you're drinking. Is it better? Do you have like a glass of water in between or anything to help smooth it out? Because like those thicker beers to me, like I almost taste it when I breathe. Well, I'm probably not a very um, healthy example of what you should do, but no, but I mean, i I had one can of uh, seltzer water today and that was about it. And I don't, I'm not very healthy just in general, but you know, I, was, I used to be into fitness, so I, I know how unhealthy I am. So I don't know. I guess that counts for something. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I, don't know, I guess that thing. Oh, we fought. We, Sorry, you there? No, we're good. We're good. Okay. Cool. Caught back up. Good thing you're sending me the file and I can edit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. 
seltzer, when you, is that new for you as seltzers or is that a, like you've always been kind of into seltzer water? Cause like I can't stand the taste and I don't know if it's something I can learn to like, like I like, I love beer now, but I'm sure when I started drinking it, probably not a big thing. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I just drink the regular one, like the vanilla, no flavor seltzer. How are you with LaCroix? Yeah, I think about the same. Because that's like, that's just a seltzer water, right? It is. But like, when you drink it, it's like, it's when it says it's strawberry seltzer water, I don't taste strawberry. I taste, it tastes like a strawberry smells. It's like, it's just not strong enough for me to make me feel like I'm getting gypped on the flavor, the essence. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the flavored ones. I, I just like the regular one. But I don't know. I, when it's carbonated, it feels like, you're getting a little, little something extra, maybe, as opposed to just water. That makes sense. But the only the only thing I guess considered as a, a salsa soda is Fresca. Now I grew up loving Fresca. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I used to drink Fresca when I was younger too. That just it, when somebody says Fresco, oh my god, it brings me back. Right? I would. I need to taste one. What does it taste like? I can't remember. It's like weird though, right? Fresca is like essence of grapefruit, but I don't taste grapefruit. But it is citrusy. I'm a big I'm a big fan. It is a great mixer. The uh, fun fact: Lyndon Baines Johnson had a Fresca um, tap installed into the White House because he loved Fresca so much, and he liked mixing it with Tito's vodka. That's why, if you mix the two, you have yourself an LBJ. Okay, I'm gonna have to try that. It's it's refreshing. It's a great uh, like a lawnmower drink. Hot day, it's refreshing, doesn't taste too strong. Huge fan. Yeah, so actually we were talking about this earlier a little bit, but the white claw thing, you know, the um that I've noticed that several of my friends that are, I guess, you know, pretty decent drinkers, instead of drinking like Miller Lights like they normally do, are now drinking white claws, which my ex-girlfriend used to drink that like pretty much exclusively. So I was just assumed, you know, this is more of like a, a I want to say female drink that um, but now it's just, I guess, more mainstream that everyone's drinking them. Cause I guess, you know, you can drink, drink them casually, not get shit, um, sorry, shit faced or whatever. Okay, cool. B- a bitch beer. How about that? I'll give it. <laughs> and it is. And the first, I hated the white claw when they first came out and then I had truly, and that's, that's what she drank truly. Right. But I was just a suit like sort of pair those things together they're like hard seltzers right they're all hard seltzers and there's a huge quality difference truly was not good but after having a few because i have a bunch of friends going keto which turns out keto is the whole target demographic of the seltzers and corona released theirs and now bud light has their seltzer and my Friend came over for my wife's 30th birthday, and she left a bunch of Bud Light Strawberry Seltzer. Turns out, after two, Bud Light Strawberry Seltzer gets to tasting pretty good. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but I could, after like two straight vodkas, it gets to tasting not that bad, right? It's, you have a valid point, and I haven't had one since then, but I do know after two, it's not, it's not overly refreshing. It's not overly bubbly. And it's not overly sweet. The Bud Light Seltzer Strawberry turns out pretty decent. 
Yeah, I just don't like drinks that are too sweet. That's why I like the mixed drinks and stuff. I, I just stay away from those. How do you feel about Long Island iced teas? Yeah, I haven't had one in a really long time, but I'm assuming it would probably be too sweet also. You know, that's where you're probably right. I haven't had a Long Island iced tea in probably three years, but that used to be my go-to let's get fucked up drink. Oh, right. But doesn't that one have like the, some sort of like acidic mixer in there that'll like mess your throat and stomach up if you drink too many of them? Like, like I drank too many hazy beers one time and now I just... Stay away from them. I'm sure because it's like five different alcohols and then a splash of Coke. Oh, my God. It'll get you fucked up quick, but it just tastes like a real iced tea, but it's just all liquor. Well, the good thing about the seltzers is I guess you can add vodka to them if you need to like accelerate the process of getting drunk. You're absolutely right. Who'd have thought Zima was such a trendsetter? (laughs) I grew up with Zima, and I'll never forget, I think... It was the commercial oh. uh, drinking them. <sighs> no, I was, <laughs> my mom used to love Zima's and my dad doesn't drink, but during like old Tyson fights, there used to be Zima ads hanging in, in the rafters during pay-per-views. And I just felt so bad for Zima cause it crashed. And, and now looking back, Zima was just 20 years ahead of the time, uh, 20 years ahead of the, the whole game. It would be Wait, there. That's the alcoholic one. That's not the Oduls was the non-alcoholic. That the Zima's had alcohol in it. Although speaking of non-alcoholic, Heineken makes zero point zero now, so you can literally walk, drive your car driving Heineken zero point zero. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, I wonder about uh, there's a um, a session IPA that I like that's like three point two percent or something. So I guess they're sort of just that's pretty low. You all can- over the place. You could probably drink a shit ton of those and not feel it. Yeah, I don't. It, it, it's. I think it's to the point where it's so diluted that I I could just nonstop be drinking them and not not get drunk. So I would just have to pee, you know, just fill fill up, and I'd be. Yeah, mix it with a um, seltzer water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. this is the on call pod. I don't even think I really described it. This is a really freelance episode, and I'm glad that you decided to message me and to throw this on there. Um. You, you have a job and, you know, we met through podcasting on Reddit. How do you feel, or if you even heard, how do you, th- how do you feel about Joe Rogan signing his exclusive deal with Spotify? Yeah, people have been talking a lot about that lately. And, you know, Anchor's owned by Spotify. Um, and that's like the biggest free podcasting platform that there is. But honestly, I think it will be people are complaining and bitching about it, typically like podcasters. But I think for most people, it's not really that big of a deal to download the Spotify app. So they'll complain about it in the beginning and then they'll just keep listening to it. Yeah. And um, the Spotify, the way that they've opened up their podcast stuff, even if you don't pay for it, it's still 100% free, just like Apple's always has been. And then you can put your ads in the middle of your episode like Apple does. Um, uh, a lot of people are complaining saying this is the end of a the podcasting genre as we know it. I'm, personally, I disagree because here's you and I doing it. We're not live streaming a video and everything. Podcasting, I think, isn't going anyplace. 
Well, podcasting is not going to ever go any place and it's not going to ever get any less popular than it is because it's just a new medium for consuming content. Your ears. Yeah. So you can do other stuff or focus on other things while you're doing it. Right. And that's the reason, like, I'm a binger. Like, I'll just put it on and I'll just let the next episode play. And Mm -hmm. music is so saturated now, which probably podcasting is going to get to eventually. But... It's hard to watch a TV show because now so many so many TV shows are coming out that are focused on one great season and then falling off the map. If you can get into a podcast, you can do your whole day with one headphone in. And even if you're not truly paying attention, I think you can get yourself a lot of good content from independent people rather than listening to mainstream media. Yeah, the, I guess the thing about Joe Rogan going behind Spotify is is that now his podcast will no longer be available on other platforms. So that people think that maybe other if other podcasts do that, which is still only going to be the big ones, but if other podcasts do that, then you'll start having to use different platforms to listen to different podcasts. And I think that's what they're upset about. That ha- I mean, that yeah, that has to be it. Uh, agreed, because... One of the podcasts that I've followed for the last five years that it's one of the few Patreons I subscribe to was a lad pos last podcast on the left. And they just yeah, went, Spotify too, right? Yeah. And now uh, Bill Simmons, he went, I truly think Spotify is just trying to kind of take over at least in one category, but like, I, I don't know anyone who even uses Apple music. So Apple is just truly my product. Apple podcast. Yeah. I'm sorry. They changed the name. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) From, we used to call it iTunes. Oh my goodness. He is small. He looks like a little Dobby. That's right. A little Dobby. Yeah. She is such a tiny little six pound. Just very cute. She is, she is a good dog. And the best thing about the breed is they can't bark. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh God. These guys all, but I, what? It's a good thing and a bad thing, right? That's true. She de- she wouldn't if uh, someone broke in. Someone just got a new dog. She's just a lover who loves beer. Actually. Oh yeah, no. If I set my beer down, my one of my dogs is, goes right for it. What, what's her name? Her name is Arya, just like Arya, Arya. Stark. Oh nice. Because I huge Game of Thrones fan. Oh yeah, no, I'm a fan too. I don't read the books, but. Yeah, I'm still waiting. How do you think? We had a whole coronavirus. You can't do anything, bro. How do you not release your book now? Oh, yeah. No, I just assumed it's never coming out. Yeah, I think someone's going to take it over after he dies, just just like someone took over the show. It'll be Brandon Sanderson. He took over for uh, Wheel of Time when Robert Jordan died. I heard about... Uh, when did I first hear about that? Because I followed the Game of Thrones podcast on the Apple podcast app, and... They talked about that, how that guy is the guy He's to a take machine. over. Yeah, he pumps it out. Yeah, no, I'm going through the same thing with um, King Killer Chronicles. Um, it's a fantasy series, and the guy wrote, like, two books, and then we've been waiting, like, I don't know, eight years or something for the third book that was supposed to come out, like, seven years ago or something. Do you think that's almost... Patrick a, Rothfuss. Do you think that's almost a societal thing? Just, like... Once you build up the fan base, you're almost so afraid of killing your franchise by letting down half the fan base. 
I think that he, my opinion is that he rode himself into a corner. Like he doesn't know how to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's my basic opinion of it. Like George R. R. Martin, you know, he's got, he, he was, he extended the series. He built it out so much that it's just hard to finish, I guess. And you know, you're rich and famous and you just, you've been working on it for like 20 years. You know, you're just not as motivated to finish it, I guess. Yeah. If you, be, if you build such a plot, like, a whole entire planet and language. Yeah, I'm guessing there's no, once you can get it to a peak, there's nothing you can do but let your fan base down, which is probably what's going to happen. But he, he's to the point now, he probably has to finish it just because the show writers did such a piss poor job on season eight. Us fans are going to be happy regardless. He's not gonna finish the whole series. He's got he's got two books left, right? No, it's just no way. He's too old. He's too old, and it took too long to for this book to come out. Which I don't I don't even think this book will ever come out. We're waiting on the the spring, right? That's now we're waiting on the, I think the one before that. I was just trying to think of the titles, and then the like seeds of spring was it must have been the last one. It's like dream of spring or That's something. That's it. That's it. Dream of spring. Either way. Oh, and Winds of Winter, yeah. That's it. Winds of Winter. I get so I get so mixed up because the being caught up in the the series and winter is coming. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the winter is coming. Winter is coming for uh six or seven or however many seasons, and then Arya just like flying stabs him and it's the whole thing's over. And it, oh, you're breaking my heart. You're right. <laughs> The, the way that I felt about the Cubs winning the World Series is the exact opposite is how I felt of Arya stabbing the, Knight, stabbing the Knights King. Yeah, it was a lot of a bit. It was a big buildup. Can you, I honestly, as someone who's watched umpteen things in my life, can't fathom, I, I can't remember a bigger letdown based on buildup as far as watching Arya stab the Knights King. From the the million men armies, the you know the the whole buildup of the the backstory of what's her name, Daenerys and John, and like that whole story, and it just all just gets swept into the rug. None of it matters. No, there's no brand. Well, yeah, she, and then did, I forgot. Yeah, Daenerys turns evil at the end. Yeah, let me just blow up this whole fucking city. <laughs> and the dragon. The ice dragon didn't do really much anything other than spray fire around John. Oh yeah, uh, your um, one of your questions. Uh, sorry to change subjects, but your dinner with three other people, who and why? I'm assuming you have a good answer for this. So, it's the the hard answers. It's Gurm was on there. George R. R. Martin was on there because he's going to die soon. And I feel like if it's more of a, a truth or tell, he would he has to be honest during these these questions. It's more of a like an end of the world. He has to tell me because this is a complete fantasy. So George R. R. Martin was on there, and the other uh, I wanted to. These people have nothing to do with one another. It's merely picking the brains. So like I was gonna go politics. And if they can be dead or alive, I was going to talk to uh, 
JFK because he was going to know who killed him. He was also going to know about the existence of aliens because I've always wanted to know. He has to know. And then another, uh, I don't care about sports. I'm a huge sports fan. I'm not going to ask a sports figure about stuff because honestly, it's all revolves around money. I I was going to talk to someone. The third person didn't completely narrow it down between someone like Jesse Ventura or Alex Jones just to hear some outlandish things that just haven't been described near as much as they could be. I would love to talk to JFK because he knows who killed him. He knew stuff was out after him. And then Alex Jones, because I want someone to entertain the party. (laughs) I feel like everyone would just hate him in like 15 seconds. That's fine. He can die. He can be the main course. Yeah, (laughs) I thought about your list a little bit too. And I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind having uh, Trump for dinner just to see how like just how dumb he is in real life. But, you know, I know what the type of those type of people are. They're just like make make everything up and talking word salads. That's oh, I do feel bad that we're the most advanced. You the, the the most advanced and successful country on the planet, and we are the laughing stock. I don't. He even passed. There's now a thing they don't have. They can wiretap anybody they want with no ties to terrorism, and that just passed, which is scary as shit. It's a. Uh, Let's uh let I want to segue this to aliens actually. Um yeah. Uh all right, so you think that JFK would know about aliens, so you that means you think that we have encountered aliens, intelligent life. Yes, because I have seen spaceships. Um okay, but uh, well okay, well I got to hear about that then. Go ahead. Uh I was 8 years old. Just past Tennessee, because I'm from I'm from Wisconsin. We were driving to Florida, and in the middle of the night, about twelve thirty in the morning, just past Tennessee, uh, approaching Georgia, we had a bright light come down in front of our minivan, probably still about a thousand feet up, and me and my mom both saw it, and it was following along with us for probably five to ten miles, and then all of a sudden, a, a quick swirl and then up and gone all the light that it created gone and from then on my mom me i don't even remember who was driving she was in the passenger seat i was in the back and woke up and was talking to her and then it just it happened and it couldn't have been 30 seconds but the from then on i knew something there is something there but i'm also a believer in paranormals like i saw my grandpa as a ghost about three months after he died, I saw him come back to me when he was about 25 in his full military uniform and just say that everything was going to be okay, and then he was gone. So I'm a huge paranormal believer. I just don't push it on people. So mm-hmm. why, don't, why don't you lay on some some alien info to me? Okay. Oh, first off, I'm a massive skeptic. I believe in absolutely nothing but normal stuff like you're there's no point in life we're just randomly here which is not i mean to me it's not depressing i'm just like you know you're just feel lucky you're alive and enjoy yourself um but believe in god i believe that there's something it's just not it's not a god there's no all i believe in evolution not a god 
So the reason why I don't think that we've encountered alien life is because we haven't seen any any von Neumann probes. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the von Neumann probe. I am not, but now I'm curious. So essentially, it would be the only way to explore your galaxy, not even the universe, but just your galaxy, would be to create a self-replicating drone that would go to another solar system and mine for materials and then replicate itself like a 3D printer. And then it would replicate itself like however many times and then those drones would go off to other solar systems and then repeat the process. So like a virus, um, it would spread. And so if there was intelligent life near us, we would see thousands of them, you know, lots of them potentially because there's just so many planets that can support life. But the, I guess the argument against it is, is that, you know, the time differences between civilizations could be massive. So they could be so far advanced at us that they're at a whole nother level, or it could be so, so the type form of life could be so alien to us that we can't even see them or know what they look like. Uh, we just wouldn't even recognize it just like how they say you wouldn't recognize yourself if you walked in front of yourself because you've only seen reflection in the mirror. Yeah, like if it was like a, if they were like electrons or something, you know what I'm saying? Like you just couldn't, you can't see it. Or they're in the whole um, other, the, the fourth dimension, a whole nother plane. Right, exactly. Or, you know, they're so far advanced because let's say they came, they got intelligent, I don't know, one million years before us, which is like not a, significant amount of time in regards to the universe maybe they achieve singularity you know like they're just um one intelligence now like that's like what people think are like the ultimate um if civilization advanced far enough but uh there was a great podcast about this um the end of the world with josh clark but he talks about one of the things is maybe one of the reasons why we haven't seen any alien civilization is something called the great filter <clears throat> And it's essentially that no intelligent civilization could get to be a spacefaring um, uh, civilization. So they couldn't get to the point where they were like habiting other planets, inhabiting other planets, and exploring the galaxy. And the reason being is there was some event that e e civilizations just don't get past. And so after this whole coronavirus thing, my thought was, hey, maybe we get to the point where technologically it's very easy for a terrorist to create engineer a very very deadly virus and somebody's just like oh you know i'm gonna kill everyone or whatever and they do with a deadly virus far strong but i don't know it's just interesting to think about easier to kill people than to advance people just like hiroshima it's way easier to eliminate progress than to cultivate progress my hope is that i believe in global warming I do think we're advancing it at a rate that there is no way that we can advance science without elimination of people. I do think that with 7 billion people, it's not a sustainable product. I'm hoping that, oh no, ho, ho. it could be, but the, the thought is that we need to eliminate people scientifically just based on temperature change that we can also advance science and go into space because I think we've utilized more resources than we can regain. I'm hoping we can get space. I don't think we will in either of our lifetimes. We just need to put our money into sustainable energy as opposed to burning fossil fuel because it's cheap.
you know, if we once we get to that point technologically where it's just cheaper to do use solar energy, which is just such a massive amount of energy that we're missing out on, um, then fossil fuel, you know, then we'll stop probably destroying the planet. I'm hoping uh, Elon global. Musk can make a more efficient battery or whoever it is that comes out with the, <laughs> the efficiency because I had read that there we are approaching the peak efficiency for for battery storage. I would love that we could use batteries. I mean, solar power is it's it's limitless. I would love that we could just we have deserts upon deserts upon deserts. There has to be a way to harness that energy and store it and push it through something. There is. It's just slightly more expensive. And so, of course, you know, Republicans are be like, you know, oh, this will kill our economy for a little bit if we uh, invest in uh, solar energy. Well, look at look at gas prices. We got to a point two weeks ago, gas was at a, a net negative. So you're in Atlanta. How low did gas get for you? Yeah, I think I saw somebody post where it was like under a dollar or something. Maybe not in Atlanta, but somewhere. But yeah, no, I, I'm just. I think we're realizing now how inefficient it is to have everyone go into the office when they don't need to. Yeah, I had read a study that 65% of people realized how much happier they were at home rather than the humdrum. And if you think about true inefficiency, once highway systems got created, we added, say, say an hour and a half of drive time. So someone's mad going into work because they had traffic. And then they're mad when they come home because of traffic. And then they had an eight-hour workday. Say you put that as a six-hour workday and you would be truly more efficient at work. That is, that's a net positive for everyone involved because they're paying less to the employee. The employee's happier at home, makes them a better parent, which makes a better child. But... There's a, so many people out there that have said that they don't even want to go back to the office because they realize that they probably fucking don't like their employees and the forced, the forced idea of talking at the water cooler. Yeah, I just I don't even need to be at the office, and I, I didn't before, but I just went in because you know I don't want people to think that I was like not working or something. But um, I I know that our company probably pays a ton of money for our studio in the location that it is and honestly we don't need that we probably do need a studio but well i guess actually maybe we don't we need one studio but it could be like somewhere a little bit further out and much smaller you know like we have all the space that we don't use or don't even need to use the space some of the, a lot of the space that we have so i mean wouldn't that just save us a bunch of money i mean it would change the way the economy works because then that company that leases the building wouldn't get as much money and so on but it would, yeah, truly, yeah, it would truly change the whole real estate industry because everyone wants to make a strip mall in a plaza that doesn't need to be made because look at, um, ironically, look at podcasting. Look at the materials that I've bought because I wanted to make a podcast. I sadly, I decided to make it at a shitty time. So many of the things I wanted were on back order. The... The board was on back order because everyone has a story they want to tell. And the microphone, that was on back order for two weeks. And the microphone I want for the wife is on back order for another three weeks on top of that. There's there's always ways through technology to make it that you don't have to go to work. Everyone on the planet has fucking internet now. 
the only people that need to be at work. Well, not everyone on the planet, man. Not everyone in America. We have like rural communities in America that have crap internet. I have crap internet, but I still have internet. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Anytime I've ever gone on vacation, like the beach or the mountains or something, the internet's always been just so bad. You can't even barely use it. Let's, let's put some money into Elon Musk's, uh, his little satellite net. Oh, I agree. We totally should. But the, you know, space is getting crowded. That's true. I didn't realize that until a podcast talked about how much NASA keeps track of every single bolt and nut that's floating through that can hit the ISS at any given time. Yeah, there's yeah, we did an episode of uh, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a physics podcast I produce, and just about how much junk is out in space from like broken down satellites and stuff like that. And it's a lot, you know. And every so, but yeah. Every little There's thing, thousands up there. Right. So every little piece can completely destroy everything that's there, right? How do you neutralize? Is it possible to even neutralize that? You mean like clean it up? Like, no, no. There's just no easy way to do it at our current technological level. Because that shit's hurling through space at like 22,000 miles yeah. an hour, right? Right. Yeah. It's fast. So we've already fucked up space and we haven't even populated it. Yeah. Well, we're we're filling it up with garbage, basically. People suck. <laughs> we're a virus or bacteria. I'm sorry, bacteria. We spread. We we breed. We spread. That, actually, I heard that from Joe Rogan like forever ago before he started his uh, billion dollar podcast. I've only listened to like ten minutes of one episode actually of him, <laughs> but it's, it's, it wasn't bad. So, weirdly enough, his show has changed immensely in the past calendar year now it's the uh, the amount of people he has on his now his circle is always on so he used to have constant interesting guests he still has the occasional guests but now he's so worried about producing content i think he's diluting his own content so like his suggested videos his good videos are diluted by other videos that he's already released and they're already segregating it on YouTube. So now it won't even suggest the stuff that I've already listened to like the stuff that I've listened to. I feel like he's almost ultimately diluting his own product with other stuff just to keep pushing something. Yeah. I mean, he's got to make a lot of content, you know, I'm more, I'm worried. And then, yeah, you wrote that. Will there be enough pie to go around? But for sure, there's people can always listen to more podcasts. There's very few amount of people that listen to like max amount of podcasts that they can. Um, I think it's like the the most extreme listeners subscribe to like eight podcasts or something. But most people don't. Like I work in podcasting and I listen to like maybe one a week or something. So I could definitely listen to more. So you won't even be a, a listener of your stuff that you're on today. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, no, I'll listen to this one. I'll, I'll listen to this one just to play it back and, you know, I'll maybe share it on Facebook and my dad will listen to it and send me some article about something I didn't know something about. <laughs> like in that one I sent you, I talked about West, they're, they're talking about the West Bank and I was like, oh, I don't even know what that is. And then my dad starts like, hurt, listen to it, send me articles about it. Yeah. The Holy Land, which is, right. yeah, yeah I, li- I listened to that and it's like, oh man, I'm really, I feel bad as an American to realize we don't know jack shit about stuff between Palestine and Israel. And 
Well, it's far away. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. <laughs> it's like if you live on that continent, you know, I feel like it's easier to know. But I, I definitely got a lacking education in ge- geography or and political world politics. And it's well. Also, what's hard about it is because both people have a fairly equal claim to it, whether it's religion or uh, economically from long before our time and before paper. Right. Yeah. There's no real way to say who's right as far as the Holy Land and that little narrow strip that's what, like seven miles long, 13 miles long. It's super narrow. Oh, wow. It's just a, it's just a land war then, or, or is it, 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 do they have different religions? Because if they have different religions, then I can understand that, you know. Religion doesn't leave room for any other religions. Right. So it's sort of uh, like Islam versus like, uh, ISIS versus who who's the who's the other the other one that blew up the United States on 9-11? Oh, Al Qaeda. Qaeda. So it's two off branches of the same religion was how that worked out between the West Bank oh, wow. and the Gaza Strip. Super finite details changed who owns what. Oh, okay. Who's to say who's right? And it's because it's it's before the invention of paper. Right. Yeah, I don't, I'm not... I don't know why America gets involved in that stuff. Uh, the world police. Hell, the United States got into it with Crimea, the Ukraine, and Russia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I know why we got involved in that because we didn't want Russia... in business. But we did it anyway. And I don't know why. Donald Trump, you are taking medications aren't approved for what it is. Stay the fuck away from uh, chloroquine. You don't have lupus. Just He's not taking it. Come on. You know he's not taking it, really. He's just making stuff up. That's right. Just, he's a narcissist. He just makes up whatever is most convenient for him in the specific moment that he's living in. Right. Some asshole handed him, here's your gummy vitamin. This is your hydrochloroquinolone. <laughs> Go ahead. Now he just opened up and said it on CNN. I take it for a week and a half. <laughs> so uh, uh, Mandalorian season two, I-, I watched the first season of the Mandalorian um, and I really liked it. I was like, oh man, this is what the new Star Wars movie should have been. You know, it was, I really enjoyed it. Oh, damn it. It's beautiful, right? It was just, it was so good. I love, I love the whole backstory. And you know what? I only watched three episodes of it and I just felt more engaged then me too i felt more engaged than the first you know one two and three plus the first of the ones with ray yeah i I watched the first two with with of the new most recent uh trilogy but i did not watch the third one (laughs) so i was just so disappointed after um the last jedi social media ruined my desire to watch a lot of stuff these days and the second and third trilogy of the Star Wars is the same way. Just like I haven't watched the last two Fast and Furious episode uh, things. I didn't watch Hobbs and Shaw. Same reason. Like, well, you I- made it pretty far. You made it pretty far in Fast and Furious if you only missed the last two. <laughs> <laughs> I made it farther than I probably should have based on my IQ rating. <laughs> It really fell off the ledge like number five. So five, six, and seven didn't help me any. Yeah. Wow. I remember the if you look at the first one, they're stealing like um, those TVs with like the built-in VCRs, you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> it's right there just with semi trucks full of VHS. <laughs> my, now, my missus has never watched a single Star Wars thing, and she is just taken over with the God blessed baby Yoda. It just dominated the entire social media and meme world. At least, at least, you know, she, you know, she, now she knows who some of the characters are now because she saw the, the stills. So the best thing Disney ever did was introduce Baby Yoda because it made her look at fucking Chewbacca and has an understanding of that. And, you know, even Obi-Wan, now she knows who Rey is just by looking at other Star Wars memes to try to find a better picture of Baby Yoda in the nuggies and all that stuff that's all over Instagram. <laughs> Well, I'm sure she probably knows, um, like you and McGregor, because that's a that's in a bunch of memes, right? That's true. It is. Now, the biggest reason I'm super excited about Timothy Oliphant joining the cast is because he is actually my number two man crush. As gay as that sounds, I realize, but Justified <laughs> is one of my favorite shows of all time. Wait, what is the show? You broke up a little bit. It was on FX. Timothy Oliphant played Detective Merlin Givens. I'm sorry. You broke up one more time. <laughs> Yo, the, the 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 sheriff show where he's like Western, like that's right. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Justified. He Justified. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I saw something. Yeah. Deputy U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens, huge man crush from then on. He was great acted. And do you watch Netflix at all? Yeah. Do you mind if we pause here for one second so I can use the bathroom? Oh no, have at it. I have actually. Yeah. I have a song. I was going to play for a friend anyway, so you go ahead and I'll introduce the song and play that. All right, I'll be right back. Have at it, my friend. So, in, in this fun world we live in, I've made friends with a lot of people. And there's a few songs that I've wanted to just, just add to play so I can promote. And I've I've been a big fan of monster cat they've released a bunch of stuff but this one i find i finally have another one they wanted to promote so uh this one is a hamitsu with adventures
that's a good jam. That was uh, a Tamitsu with Adventures. It's uh, one of the many non-copyrighted songs that I've saved and downloaded over the over the few years of trying to promote bands that don't have true record deals, which is something that I did. Uh, if anyone has ever listened to my voice and recognized it, I was a bit. I was on uh, Raz Radio Live, so we had a live internet radio show Fridays and Saturdays, and that's what we did then too. Which was big on Frank Castle, Heist Click, Mr. Burns. We had a we had a bunch of people that we promoted and interviewed and talked to. It was a. Uh, it was it was super fun to promote artists that just made music because they love to make it. So. That's another one, which is a reason I fell in love with Monster Cat and some of their stuff. If you like electronic music, which I do. No, I don't. Your genre for go to, lol. Um, I guess uh, I don't know what it's called, but whatever genre Cage the Elephant is, I guess that's um, they're pretty much my favorite band for a while now. My wife still wears a shirt. Pretty consistently when she went to a Cage the Elephant show in like 2012, 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't seen them live. Yeah, and they broke up after their first album got successful and then they got back together, I believe. They're like, oh, yeah, we can make all this money. Let's do that. Good for them. It's a... Yeah, I wish you know what, if you can if you can find a way to make money and not hate the people that you make music with, by all means, make your money while you can. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. For me, if you can make money and enjoy doing it, do it. Now there's a lot of times in my job as a nurse, I don't like doing it, which leads me to my next point. I. I have been a nurse and in healthcare for the last 13 years. And I I came home for the first time and had to shower because I was I dealt with a patient so gross that I felt like I had bugs crawling on me. It was it was hard to have you ever have a smell like uh, you went you smelled a food or anything? And then long after you left it, you could still have the hint of it in your nostrils. It, it, it was like, it was that, except it also had the feeling of bugs crawling on me and on my clothes to the point that I had to wash my shit on high. I had to take a shower and scrub. It was, it was one of the worst experiences in healthcare. So a third of my life. I came home and I had to bathe because it was so, I have dealt with so many viruses and bugs, scabies, bed bugs. This lady's house smelled so bad. I had to shower because I could smell her house on me. Do you, have you ever had to deal with anything like that, Will? No, but I understand that smell is a very power, powerful uh, sense and, um, if you have a smell that you're smelling or a taste and you get nauseous at the same time, then it can have like such a powerful imprint on your brain for a long time. I thought I had experienced enough in my life that I wouldn't have to, 
I thought I'd made it past the hump. That would never happen. He's like, ah, bulletproof. Shit's good. And then Monday. Fucking Monday. Oh, wow. That's just two days ago. Yeah. It was... I even had to tell the wife about it when I left the house. I was like, hey, you know me. I can be pig filthy. When when you're in healthcare long enough, you just quit really... It's not like a poop, not like a poop bad, like like a next level, like, yes. like two, three times that. She had uh, four flea lights in her bed, in her um her living room, which is it's a it's a super bright lamp with a dome sitting on the floor because the heat from the lamp is meant to attract the fleas and pull them away from where you're sitting. She had a couple of incontinent dogs. Pissed all over everything, the floor, the carpet, the couches. She was in the hospital for a couple weeks, let everything go to shit. So she had rotten food, dirty dogs, dirty cats, unchanged litter boxes, fleas. I had to threaten to call uh, DCF, actually, because the smell was so... Well, that's like de- uh, the contamination thing? They would, yeah. have to, okay. they would have to tent it and pull shit. Like, hazmat would have to come... And yeah, her house. It was. Yeah, that's like a hoarder. I mean, I assume that's like pretty, pretty common with hoarders. You know, you find like six, six cats under the couch or something like that, you know? Yeah. Dead animals. She had a very strong dead rat smell. So. It's a it was it made almost me feel bad because I've. Well, they send you guys in there to like was she needed help or something. Yeah, she was in there because she had a health condition, which is congestive heart failure. So she didn't have the energy to go to her doctors or anything like that. And she had just gotten out of the hospital. So you leave the hospital, someone drives you home, and then they're like, all right, good luck. So I come in to try to alleviate her health symptoms and teach her how to live in the condition she's in. She is probably to a point we're going to have to remove her from the home. Yeah, you don't have to go back, do you? Sadly, I do because I have to give her like a a verbal written warning that, hey, this is the stuff that you have to do to make sure that you don't have to be removed from your home. You can't refuse because it's so like toxic in there? Not the second one, but if it's that bad... From here on, yes, I have to make a recommendation to DCF, which is the Department of Children and Families. I have to give her a warning to let her know that, hey, this isn't going to be safe. What makes it worse is she got discharged from the hospital. Her daughter came to her house and saw everything. And, all right, Ma, I'll see you next Sunday. Good luck. Like, how would... I hope that you have a better relationship with the people in your life that you wouldn't just, hey, hi, man, good luck. You got this. Deuces. God, yeah, that's tough, man. Mental mental illness, I'm assuming. There is there's a lot of mental illness in the world that's just like, oh, yeah, Sharon's fine. She's just a little... Well, I mean, she grew up with the... Maybe, I've assumed the mother maybe had mental illness and that... Um, she was just like, I, don't, I can't deal with this, you know? Yeah, so it's just kind of just like, all right, if mom's alive, she's okay. 
I don't need to take mm-hmm. care of this anymore. She's alive. I'll just mm-hmm. see her every Sunday. I'll take her to lunch so I don't have to be in that house. Good luck. It was rough. I didn't I didn't think that would ever happen to me because working at the hospital, I dealt with so many drug addicts and like scabies. At the hospital, scabies is the worst thing you can deal with pretty much. Yeah, it's a, that's a skin. Um, yeah, it's little mites that crawl under your skin and leave. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, I was thinking because bed bugs is my biggest fear. Um, I, I, uh, I, I'm just scared of them. You know, like I've researched into them and I know all about them and they terrify me. And and you should be because they. Well, I, mean, I don't have any. Yeah, no, I yeah, but uh, thankfully I don't have any carpets, and so I know if you get them, just throw your mattress away. But I have like one of those covers that like protects my mattress. It's not plastic, but I think it protects from. Oh yeah, from it's that. We, it's um, it's like a blend, a, a poly cotton blend. It's thinner, yeah. so the bu- bed bugs can't get into into the mattress, right? Yeah. Perfect. That's all you need. And then if yeah. you have it too warm, they just die anyway. Which, if you like your house cold, kind of fucked. The film <laughs> oh, yeah. stuff, yeah. Uh, you just turn your house up to like 150 degrees, you'll be good. They'll kill them all in about an hour. Yeah, just... Yeah, no, if I got them, I, I would throw my mattress outside immediately and um, get a new one. That's, uh, that is... It's, so you're in Atlanta and like I'm in Florida. We don't have any carpet in my house. Carpet is one of the harbingers. So... If you notice something sh- shitty in your in your mattress, throw it out and finance another mattress at fifty bucks a month, and you can you can <laughs> you can make it. Yeah, yeah. If it has bed bug, if you see a bed bug, yeah, definitely get rid of the mattress for sure. For, yeah, I'm in with. And then uh, you gotta like make sure you don't have any more before you get another one, or just keep it covered in plastic or something. Right, 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 right. They can smother themselves and die on their own CO2 if you can put the right plastic film and seal it up. Because I'm from Wisconsin. There's the only tile you have in your house is in, like, the kitchen. Your whole house can be just fucking riddled with bed bugs. Oh, there's carpet everywhere? Oh, my God, yeah. that I have one, like, uh, carpet in my house. Not It's not a carpet, but it's a rug. Right. I have it, like, right outside the back door to help, like, stop the doggy dirt from getting in when they run around outside the backyard. And that thing is filthy. Like, and uh, so I just, I can just imagine how the rest of my house would be if I had carpet. I don't, I don't know the ground composition, but like in Florida, our whole state is fucking sand. So if you have carpet, you're just constantly vacuuming. So we just oh, yeah. sweep up a little dust a couple times, three, four times a week. Sweep, sweep the main areas. You're fine. Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah, and your dog probably doesn't shed a whole lot either. Do you have a cat? No, she's hypoallergenic. Yeah, it's a great dog to have. Oh. No cats. Oh, you got one of those fancy dogs. That's right. Purebred. Oh, man. I should feel bad that I went I went through a breeder. I didn't adopt a dog. I didn't adopt a little puppy prisoner. I don't think you're supposed to feel bad about that. I think it's only bad if you adopted it from, like, a puppy farm or something. Oh, but, the, oh. I mean, wait, you're going to leave the... The breeder, I mean, the uh, yeah, the breeder dogs without homes, too. I mean, come on. It was worth it. I've, I've spent, she's been super healthy. It's a very good breeder. She cycles through fathers and mothers 
to the point like her house is riddled with the same type of dog, but because she doesn't want to cause any inbreeding, she buys one, a champion from a, a, a lineage and a female from a lineage, and then breeds a couple of cycles, pushes them all out, and, and then recycles. So she has a shit ton of dogs because the damn thing lives for like 16 years. Yeah, based on the size of your dog, you can probably feed it for like, I don't know, $30 for the year or something. She is quite, her biggest thing is because she's so small, her bladder is the size of a fucking. Uh, okay. You have to bring her out a lot well, or limit her or monitor her water intake. She's actually, because of her cat-like demeanor, does not like grass. She likes puppy pads. She's trained on. Oh, because, because the grass like tickles her, you know, under, underbelly. Yeah. She was trained from birth to go on shredded paper. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, like a like a hamster. <laughs> Just like that, you put a, a puppy kennel upside down, and she goes in this like shredded paper area, and then she's done. Yeah, when you said six pounds, I didn't believe you. I was like, I didn't think a dog could be that small, but till I saw it, <laughs> she can't fill a shot glass with pee, <laughs> and her poop is smaller than a tootsie roll. <laughs> it works. Especially like when I when I worked at the hospital, I'd be gone 16, 18 hours a day with no one else to take her out. So like having a dog that was good at sleeping twenty some hours a day and only pooped a tootsie roll was super ideal. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I've seen I've heard that about the greyhounds, yeah. Yeah, they're good isolated little creatures. Mm-hmm. And then they like run around, they get the zoomies for about five minutes and then they just chill out. Yeah. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. And I she does have a great demeanor. Even being so small, she's never once nipped at kids because we're also the party house. I got cousins and aunts, uncles, everyone that just comes and they bring their tiny little toddlers and stuff. And she's obviously the vulnerable animal being only six pounds. She's never once bit anything. The closest she got to a bite was when she was teething. And that was just trying to gnaw her back teeth. So I can't complain. Can't bark, has never bitten anything, and has tiny little pisses, the <laughs> little baby bottle. Yeah, but she doesn't keep you warm when you cuddle her at night. She, I, she is a tough spoon. She It's tough uh, as spoon. Ender is a pure grump. Oh. <laughs> if I start talking about cats right now, she will freak out. Ender, where's the kitty? Where's the kitty, Ender? Is there a kitty? And Ender's the one at the front, right? Is there a kitty? Where's the cat? Is there a kitty? Oh, she's being pretty chill. I'll, I'll, I, won't, I won't go any further because I don't want her to bite my other dog. <laughs> she's what they call... What's, what's that? that? Are they territorial? In a healthy way? I'm sorry. What's, what's that? that? Are they, like, territorial? They will, like, oh. control the environment if need be. Um... They're aggressive barkers, but uh, she's what they call reactive to dog, like in dog language, which means um, uh, if she gets upset or whatever, she'll go after the other dog. Okay, so that makes sense. Nip marks on him, but uh, yeah, they're they're good friends. They're they're best buddies. They cuddle together and stuff. She'll guard what's hers to make sure no one affects her home life. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like an anxiety thing. Like the vet prescribed her Xanax, but I, I don't give it to her anymore because I didn't want her to be like dependent on Xanax, you know? 
because it's you know so hard to like stop taking Xanax when you take it every day because it's like a CNS depressant or whatever. Changes the whole chemistry of everything, so you can't even be as happy when you don't take it. Oh yeah, mine has anxiety issues when we leave, so I have a separation to, anxiety. Yeah, I have to give her a little puppy treat with um, a peanut butter cheese blend with a crushed up little CBD tablet to help relax her when we're not here for five hours plus, just to be safe. Otherwise, she just cries. She can't bark, but she can cry. But, um, well, uh, uh, has she been crate trained? Yes. So, like, when we got her, we immediately accustomed her to a four-by-six pen. So, because she's a burrower, we had to find a... It's a super puffy pillow with a blanket that's stitched over top so she can burrow, and you can't even... if you. We've we have a search we've had to search for her because we lost her. Turns out she was burrowed. So as long as she has that and a place to pee, she's okay. So truly not crate. No, she probably wouldn't do well in a crate because she wouldn't have her burrow place. That's super cute. That's super super cute. But no, I think uh, the crate training. Um, it uh, it train for some reason. I'm not sure of the science or the psychology behind it, but. Um, it helps with their separation anxiety. So Toby, when I first got him, he ate my entire fucking couch. Um, like, like literally, I, and I'll show you a picture. Like there was like the frame left. And so I, after that I crate trained him, like I, as in I kept him in his crate when I was at work for like three months. And then after I stopped, he never destroyed anything ever again while I was gone. So it was truly learning a safe spot to know that, it's okay. Yeah, I think that's what the psychology is. I, I call it their puppy garages, but um, I don't even have, I mean, I have crates, but I don't, I keep them in the storage shed now. Like, neither of them ever go in the crates. They're just out when I'm not here. I think it does have to do is, you know, you read all these books and everyone has a different philosophy, but as long as I, I guess if a dog feels safe and know that they have a space that's their own and it's not a punishment, it's okay. Yeah, maybe like uh, for kids too, right? Isn't there something called, what's it called? The Ferber method? I can't remember exactly what it's called, but uh, whereas your kid's crying at night, you know, you put them to bed and they just start crying and you just like don't go in there and they like eventually calm down and learn to like. Yes, you cry yourself out. It's true. That is a thing because if you always go to their sleepy spot while they're crying, their sleepy spot is now their safe spot with attention, it works the same exact way, for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, shit, we went over an hour. Yeah, yeah. You want to um, call it? Yeah, because see, hour and ten, and we didn't touch on anything, we're going to have to hang out again. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down any time, man. You know, I'm, uh, I know um, I saw your post and stuff like that, so... Uh, I'm the same way, so I'm down to chat any night. Right on. So I'll throw, uh, my cop buddy wants to come over again, and a couple of uh, podcasts want to talk about them, so I'll throw at them another day. Ah, you know what? One thing I want to touch on real quick. I worked in a nursing home for eight years, and one thing I did learn is that 
nursing homes prey on poor, unfortunate old people. And there was a story released. This is this is not exciting. This is nothing other than greed. And it, it sucks. And I worked for a company that did the same thing. But now during this coronavirus, there have been extended stimulus checks sent out. So these broke patients that don't, they have to sign away their life to, in order to stay at nursing homes and rehabs. Just pay attention, children of parents in rehabs and nursing homes, because they are taking your parents' stimulus checks. I don't, I have no other figures other than little reports from CNN report in New Jersey. Um, uh, was it in Nevada, Wyoming, and here in Florida? I don't have exact figures, but just pay attention. If your parent is supposed to receive a stimulus check, monitor it and make sure that the nursing home isn't taking it because it happens a lot. I, mm, I worked at a place that has now been bought out, so it really doesn't matter. They would They would take their residence checks every single one that came in to pay for rent even if it was overdrafted didn't matter they took everything sorry to end on a low note but just know that elderly abuse is a legit thing and it's it's terrible so kids pay attention if your parent might be getting just robbed blind it uh I'll, i'll end it on a little bit of a higher note you remember uh you ever see that movie um happy gilmore you know where uh, <laughs> the grandma is uh, with Ben Stiller, and he's like, you know, in a warm glass of shut yeah, the hell yeah, up. That's, that's a good call. Yeah, be 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 aware of that. Wait, speaking of Happy Gilmore, did you see the newest Happy Madison production? No, but the new Netflix is it movie. It is. It's the Wrong Missy, which is a David Spade movie by Happy Madison. Oh, really? Oh, nice. I've watched it three times since it came out on Saturday. Kind of embarrassed. Oh, really? It's actually good. <laughs> I, I, I like that one where he, uh, what's it called? Like, you're my son or dad or whatever. Oh, like, Adam Sandberg. That's actually my boy. Like that one, yeah, like, that's my boy with, uh, yeah, yeah, I like that one. Andy Sandberg. <laughs> yeah, it was really good because it was David Spade and this, this girl. I fell in love with this girl. What's the movie called? The Wrong Missy. So, if you like a woman that swears, she is your type of gal. Which is what made me fall in love with her because she threatened to, no spoilers here, she threatened to bitch slap him if he didn't go and do something. And from then on, I was, I was she got me. It was, oh, it was now I know uh, how your wife got you probably. That's right. <laughs> she is the boss in my relationship. I have no problems admitting that. <laughs> All right. So. Yeah. This has been awesome. I, uh. I'm gonna keep texting you, and we're gonna do we're gonna do a couple of drops. Why don't you promote whatever you want to promote? Is there anything that you just want someone to pay attention to? Um, not right now, but definitely when my podcast uh, actually starts launching, then yes, for sure. <laughs> right, we will cross promote the shit out of each other then. Uh, yeah, perfect, absolutely, hundred percent. Awesome. Um, 
So I'll uh, I'll uh, message you my number on Twitter and we'll uh, set up a time to do do another one. Maybe we'll stay on a single topic this time. Who knows? <laughs> like movies or something. Uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I had forty seven topics wrote, written down and we touched four. So that's awesome. I'm glad that we can banter and we'll uh, yeah for sure we'll continue. I got nothing better to do. I put the kid to bed usually like eight thirty at night. So. Oh, you already have a kid. I, oh, I saw that you said your wife was pregnant. I don't know. Your, it was for your second. This is her first, my second. Oh, awesome. Oh, okay, great. great. I'm going to go on another podcast to discuss co-parenting. And that's because it was a dark topic. Anyway, another that, that was a dark topic because, yeah. yeah, that one okay, was cool. child support and custody battles galore. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, lol. I'll, uh, I'll send you my file in the next like hour or so. But yeah, yeah, I was talking to you. Perfect. And I will, uh, I'll edit and put them together, mash them up, release them, and we'll be good as go, good to go. So, thanks for coming to the on call pod, lol. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having yeah. me. Awesome. Thanks. I will talk to you real soon. Have a good night, everybody. And this has been the on call podcast. All right. All right see see you. ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the on call podcast. Check us out on Twitter at OnCallPod. Interested in being a sponsor or want to be on the show? Drop us an email at OnCallPod at gmail.com. For more info, go to OnCallPod.com.